0: What should we boobies?
1: Uh, James! <laughs> Listeners! Welcome! Welcome to the 13th Floor Podcast. We're off to an odd start here, but we're here. Mm-hmm. We're in the podcast. It is recording right we're now.
0: inside the podcast, like Tron.
1: Yeah. James? James, how are you?
2: I'm doing good. How about you guys?
1: You know what? We're hanging in there.
0: Yeah. Doing swell. Um, <laughs> it's almost Friday, so yeah. what's not to like? That's yeah. true.
1: We can't wait to just relax this weekend. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, as much as you can with a two and a half year old. Yeah, Yeah.
1: yeah. James, what about you?
2: Uh, Same, really. Cannot wait for the weekend. Tgif.
0: You gonna hit the club?
2: (laughs) Do those (laughs) even exist anymore? Probably
0: not.
1: (laughs) Just see James walking around a little. Thing of Clorox wiping everything down. Yeah, with a glow <laughs> stick around his neck. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> no, i You know, one of those. Remember when we were when we were younger and the little pacifiers, the light up pacifiers were popular. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I picture him with oh, one of those.
0: Well, yeah. you know what? Actually, picture. You know, how they have the glow stick, like necklace or just the rings that you can put anywhere that people wear. Yeah. Now they're going to make them with UV light, so it just kills the virus around you. Oh,
1: that it. would be a good way to
0: wow to open yeah. up
1: a India club during <laughs> yeah. these times.
0: Yeah, oh, there you, you know go. What? Look at that.
1: There's interesting thoughts from Alex's brain that should be. If someone segment. steals
0: that, uh, just know that I patented it and I'll sue you. Yeah, <laughs> he'll sue
1: you. Okay, well, um, James. Well, I guess first we should introduce ourselves. Hey, oh, uh, welcome to the Thirteenth Floor <laughs> Podcast. I'm Cece.
0: I'm Alex, the one who threatened you with a lawsuit. I'm James.
1: <laughs> yeah, and here, here we are.
0: Um, <laughs> what to go? Who? No, and point I just, at me? I've got
1: an idea for you, baby. You'll you'll hear in a little bit. Oh, okay. okay. Oh, so, uh, James, oh. James, what's our icebreaker today?
2: Uh, well, today's episode, we're going to be talking about dragons. And mm. as you guys are almost certainly going to bring up, dragons in part are inspired most likely from fossils of dinosaurs. And it got me thinking about extinct creatures. So here's mine. If you could bring back any extinct creature with no, no consequences to the environment or society, what would it be? Mm. Ooh,
1: James.
0: <laughs> I, mean...
1: uh, I would bring back a woolly mammoth.
0: Oh really? So I'd a love hairy, to see a hairy elephant. A hairy elephant.
1: <laughs> Elephants are beautiful. You
0: know they
2: may actually mm-hmm. bring those back. They've they've found enough mm-hmm. uh, DNA in a fossilized mammoth or a frozen mammoth rather to uh, possibly make a, a mammoth elephant hybrid.
1: No, you know, <laughs> I I say I'd love to see one in real life, and I would, but you know what? They they're gone for a reason. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean?
2: Well, we uh, we killed them. <laughs> That's why they're gone.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, but I don't know. I yeah, like, should, should you play with that science? You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, wh- why? Why resurrect something that hum- humans killed?
1: Mm-hmm. Boy, oh my god, <laughs> Alex, what about you?
0: A T Rex. A T Rex. It's too obvious, but it's also incredible. This can you imagine seeing how? Can you imagine how terrifying it would be to see that thing? Yes, it needs to exist in this world. I used to
1: have <laughs> nightmares that I would go outside my house and there'd be a T Rex.
0: If if every day could be the end of Lost World Jurassic Park, it would be a good day.
1: Oh my God, Alex!
0: <laughs> <laughs> wow, this
1: is this is who I live with, you guys. James, what about you?
2: Um, you know, it, because it's been such a crazy year, and I remember one episode I mentioned that you know there's so many people in the world we need uh, some sort of Super predator to take down all of evil. I think it would really shake things up this year if people had to worry about what they're currently worrying about, plus saber tooth tigers. So let's bring Ooh. them back. Let's we'll just go ahead and bring yeah. them back. <laughs> do you think? That,
1: do you think that if saber tooth tigers were were real, they would live in the city or in the country?
2: I don't know. Like not. Like actually hearing you say that you know they were they were wiped out largely because of of the ice age and and hunters so i wonder if maybe they kind of like uh, how a lot of wildlife really adapted well to city life i can absolutely see them just becoming like the new vermin of the city like coyotes you know people just mm-hmm. shaking their fists. dang say we're two tigers knocking my trash cans over <laughs>
0: <laughs> that'd be amazing oh,
1: man. i would never step foot outside again if there were t-rexes and uh saber-toothed tigers running around but i would if there were mm. woollen mammoth.
2: Mm. you know what i mean mm-hmm.
1: i think a woollen mammoth would be nice i like how i pick something nice and you guys are like let's bring back the predators
0: yeah <laughs> we want something cool and rad
1: listen listen <laughs> elephants and mammoths are cool don't even hate all right
0: elephants are cool mammoths are cool too just Warmer and grosser. Can you imagine all that matted hair rubbing up on you? Yeah. I bet you a little
1: stinky. a
0: stinky.
1: Oh, are we ready to talk about dragons, you guys?
0: Yeah. Let's Ooh, talk about dragons. Ah. I actually had Western dragons. Yeah. Almost started off.
1: Yeah, you guys, this is basically how we're splitting up our, our topics today. Um, Alex is talking about how dragons are viewed in Western culture. I'm talking about how they're viewed in Eastern culture. And James, we have no idea what James is going to be talking about, but. It's going to be a surprise for all of us. <laughs> so, Alex, how about you start us off?
0: Yeah, James is on cleanup duty for uh, really early.
2: That's a good description of it, yeah. I, th- I yeah. think that's it. Like, with the stuff that you guys didn't pick up, I'm picking up. Yeah.
0: Yep. Yeah, so I'm not going to go all the way back, but I'm going to go back a little bit. Because Western dragons are actually probably a little more boring than Eastern dragons, just because simply it's the version that most – uh american audiences probably are familiar with we're exposed to them the most you know they're these big dragons very lizard-like they got scales horns their wings are like bat wings Hmm. and they've got four legs yes dragons have four legs if anyone tells Hmm. you they have two legs that's a wyvern right james
2: that's right (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh my goodness Alex. do not get confused oh wow <laughs> so uh <laughs> and they you know they've got they got the long tail and all that stuff everything that we've seen a million times before and just the media you know they also usually live in underground layers which is kind of odd when you consider that they're flying creatures that they live underground but mm. well, a lot of people consider that it's because they're actually from the earth I guess, is Mm. the the representation, I guess, they were supposed to have. Ah. And then they've got the fire. And, of course, like I said, those big, beautiful, leathery bat wings (laughs) of theirs. Which, you know, I never really put it thought about it being a bat wing, but that's totally what it is.
1: It does kind of, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know, in the West, dragons weren't always quite like this. And, actually, they were kind of probably more similar to what you're going to be talking about, Cease. There were, you know, many-headed serpents, 100-headed serpents, 10-headed serpents, all kinds of things. Usually they would still breathe fire, but that's really about the only element that was similar to what we're used to in terms of Greek myths. And then, I guess you could picture like a hydra, that type of thing for anyone wanting to know.
2: Yeah, I would go so far as to say that the hydra is the Greek archetypal dragon.
0: Yes, yep. And it slowly evolved... Uh, over time more into the eastern depiction and dragons started to be depicted just kind of like long snakes for a little while but then they became pretty prevalent though like even even the bible references dragons but it really became more interesting when something big happened called the middle ages
1: Ooh, That's when things really got interesting. (laughs) The knights with their swords and their little shields.
0: Yeah, and it turns out the reason we think of dragons the way we do in the West is because (laughs) we became so ignorant of literature. (laughs) (laughs) Because we, we, we completely lost contact with classical literature for centuries. Yeah. And so our ideas of dragons, I guess, were passed down by word and stories. And so... Our imagery just completely changed into something, honestly, just far more cooler. So, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> thank you, Middle Ages. But before we actually got to the Middle Ages, there was like this little period there where we kind of slowly evolve. We get the the poem of Beowulf, whose depiction of a dragon is like a snake, but it has a poison bite and poison breath, which is pretty cool powers Ew. for a, for a dragon. But you know, it's not flying; it's just more snake like. And Vikings, they think that Fafnir is is a dragon, but we all know Fafnir is just a gigantic snake, <laughs> a very very <laughs> long world length snake.
1: Fafnir. Fafnir. I don't know who Fafnir is.
2: He oh, was the one oh, that Sigurd uh, slayed Yep. In there you the, go. You know the Ring Saga. <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't worry. <man>. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah.
2: So, By the way, nobody confuse Fafnir with Jormungandr, the World Serpent. I mean, they're really similar. Oh, okay. Nithogger, Jormungandr, Fafnir, they're all
0: similar. What's the biggest difference between Fafnir and Jormungandr? (laughs) Uh,
2: The big one is that Fafnir's death was, you know, like a hero killed him, whereas uh, in the case of Jormungandr, that's going to be like a lose-lose battle between Thor and Jormungandr, and it
0: will yeah. usher in Ragnarok, the end of days. Yeah. Oh, man. So, there you go. I All was a right. little off on my Fafnir. No worries. Um, and then, you know, our first real recognizable depiction of the dragon as we know it was actually in 1260 AD. Hmm. It appears in this book, this bestiary oh. book called M.S. Harley 3244. Four. <laughs> so, it was written by a robot.
1: It's <laughs> an odd name for a book from that Which time.
0: was Yeah, which was produced in 1260 So that's that's the first illustration that we see Of something that we would call a dragon Like if we just saw it Because now I think we would see a hydra and be like That's not a dragon, that's a three-headed serpent That's a hydra uh, Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a hydra Because <laughs> I don't see a hydra and think dragon Not no, right. not anymore <laughs> But this dragon had As you all would expect A set of wings tail was really long longer than we would picture actually a dragon did having have, now.
1: Did it have barbs on it?
0: You know what? It actually, did have a yeah. little something at it. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I know about dragons.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it looked pretty much what you would expect nowadays. It's actually a pretty decent, you know, little drawing. Like Gwen could probably do it. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> now I do want to talk about some more modern things about these dragons. There there was actually a documented case of a sighting, uh, and it's, it's pretty crazy. Like almost uh, over a million people saw this thing.
2: Like a
1: legit what? dragon? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And it was actually this year.
1: Oh, I is can only. Oh, are Alex you messing is messing smiling. with me, Alex? Smiling, James. Mm.
0: The crew, the crew dragon, the SpaceX rocket that, that, oh, that, that went space. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's about to space.
1: Yeah, buddy, he's about to get your butt whooped. <laughs> Every, everybody was so excited. I was excited.
2: Oh, I was like, oh man. my gosh. That was the dad joke to
0: end all dad jokes too.
1: Yeah, I know. <laughs>
0: oh, but our listeners enjoyed it or they're very disappointed <laughs> with me. Either way, they got what they expected. <laughs> so <laughs> I did want to, I was interested, like, how is it that so many different cultures from around the world have some sort of version of a dragon? And uh a, a zoologist, cryptozoologist and researcher for the center of Fort. You have to correct me on this word probably, Fortean Zoology.
1: I'm gonna
0: say Fortian. I, I think either way. I think it was a uh, Fortean. Matter. It sounds fancy. His name is Richard, Richard Freeman. That's right. And he has spent he <laughs> spent several years studying historical accounts of real dragons. And and he actually has a book called Dragons More Than a Myth?
1: With a question mark.
0: Yeah, that's why I, I said it that way.
1: Yeah.
0: He said this, he said, quote, there are many creatures that could have become linked to the lore and legend of what today we perceive to view as dragons, and some of these creatures are distinctly different from each other, but that should not take away from the fact that dragons are a real phenomenon. I am absolutely certain, having reviewed many ancient reports of dragon activity, that many sightings perhaps two or three hundred years ago, or probably even further back, were genuine encounters, but where... The witnesses were seeing what I believe to be uh, huge snakes, giant crocodiles, or something like an Australian monster lizard, Megalania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ooh. but uh, Alexander the Great claimed to actually have ran into a dragon in a cave. He called it a very large serpent, but he said that the people in the area worshipped it, and so he, he, he actually left it alone, but he claimed to have seen a dragon in a cave. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, so there's actually sightings of dragons going back. I mean, going all the way up to like 1700s. I saw some sightings
1: for Western culture. I for mean,
0: Western, yeah. there's a
1: lot of dragon activity.
0: Yeah, especially Eastern during parades culture. when they're on the little dragon costume. Well,
1: I'm gonna tell you about it. I'm gonna tell Alex is dancing right now, James.
0: <laughs> I was pretending to be the head of the dragon puppet. <laughs> he was.
1: <laughs> I need to record it for our Instagram, you guys. <laughs>
0: But yeah, so Western dragons are exactly what you expect.
1: I like Western but dragons. But I just thought they it was really scared. interesting
0: that they really the idea of them evolved because no one could go read a book. <laughs> Goodness.
1: Alex loves it.
0: Yes. I love illiteracy.
1: <laughs> <To> Alex <laughs> says the English major. James, you were an English major too, right?
2: Yep. I think that's the oh. third time you've asked me that on the podcast.
1: <laughs> listen I can't remember
2: <laughs> no worries but
1: you know what I you know what I do remember you guys
2: uh, what
1: dragons <laughs> today I'm talking about dragons as they're viewed in Eastern culture unlike in Western culture which portrays them as being more scary monster-like creatures
0: uh-huh.
1: in the East they're said to bring good fortune. they're powerful, lucky, noble creatures. The kind of creatures I like,
0: mm. like a
1: like a woolly mammoth.
0: Yeah, a bit different from mine.
1: Yeah, well, they're they're creatures that you know they smile at me and make me feel better about myself. <laughs> that's that's how I picture the eastern dragon. Mm. Plus, they're also associated with water and bearing water.
0: Mm.
2: Yep.
1: And you guys know how much I love water
0: and bearing.
2: Well, water. <laughs> I think it's interesting that uh, I think it's interesting that western dragons are associated with fire and earth and uh yeah. eastern dragons are associated with
0: air and water yeah i mean especially early on dragons were really associated with satan and lucifer so yeah very different from your uh positive thinking eastern dragons
1: <laughs> well these eastern yeah. dragons are way older than middle ages i'll tell you that boy but mm-hmm. when when people think of dragons china is probably the country that comes to most people's minds right
2: mm, i think so yeah. you
1: say yeah, when I close my eyes and imagine it myself, I immediately see like the red and yellow dragon puppet dancing through the streets, like Alex was just doing a moment mm-hmm. ago. And I picture, you know, the, the little dragon, his little goatee like softly flowing <laughs> through the air. And he breathes a little like smoke. Water, water vapor smoke.
0: He's like, Oh. Imagine <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's the noise he makes. What is it? What is it? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, this is an ASMR podcast
1: now. <laughs> yeah. But anyways, dragons, they aren't just contained to Chinese culture is what I'm trying to get, get out of here. Uh, <laughs> the American museum of natural history actually had a pretty good article on dragons. And I'm not sure they might actually currently have an exhibit on dragons or mythological creatures. Don't quote me on that, but they had this on their website and I thought it was really cool, but they uh, listed what dragons kind of mean in other cultures. And in Vietnam, for instance, Legend has it that in ancient times, a dragon spit out their islands. Oh. Yeah, and then he protected the country. Nice. And it Yeah, and in Japan, a dragon was said to have lived in a special pond. And if there was ever a drought, the local Buddhist monks would hold a little ceremony and they would request rain from the dragon. Because remember, they bring water. Yep. Yeah. You've got to ask for water, man.
2: Yeah, it's another one of those funny dichotomies because, you know, in addition to being associated with water as opposed to fire, in the West, they're associated with Satan, whereas in the East, they are quite literally gods in their own right. They, they, people pray to them.
1: Yes, people give little offerings to them and pray to them and dance for them. So there's a lot of differences between Western and Eastern dragons, mm-hmm. obviously. But, I tried to find an origin story for dragons in China, and it's kind of difficult to pin down because there's evidence that dragons were a thing before written records of them ever appeared. So, yeah, one website, is www.ancient.eu. They write that ancient carved jade dragons were actually found that date back to between uh, 4500 and 3000 BCE, which is way before there were any written records or accounts of yeah, dragon activity. Yeah. yeah in china which i think is pretty cool if you ask me but Mm. some associate ancient dragons possibly with rainbows calling them quote serpents of the sky because you guys know Mm. air they're associated with air as well but that would make sense because you guys what do you see sometimes after a rain or a thunderstorm
0: a dragon (laughs) (laughs)
1: you get a A rainbow a rainbow
2: yeah call back to a previous episode you know we bring up the rainbow serpent and the book rainbow and a serpent so, I mean, yep. yeah, we're digging deep, guys.
1: You know, when I read that, James, I immediately thought of you and everything you taught me.
2: Oh.
1: <laughs> but they, uh, they're they also believed, I read some places that some people believed that these dragons lived in the clouds, but then they also lived in, like, lakes and ponds. And, you know, sometimes in your lake and pond, you might come across a waterfall. Well, what do you sometimes see when you're looking at a waterfall?
2: Rainbow. Uh, Another big
1: say? old beautiful Roy G. Biv rainbow. <laughs> G.
2: Yeah, that that goes hand in hand with Japanese myth because uh, they believe that a koi fish, if it can climb up a waterfall, like swim up one, it becomes a dragon. And that's Ooh. where the whole Pokemon Magikarp Gyarados thing comes from. Is that oh. oh my oh. gosh.
1: In Alex's little Pokemon Go game, he wore a little Magikarp hat for a very long time.
0: I did. <laughs> it was very cute.
1: <sighs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> so... When it comes to the origin of the dragon, you guys, there is one theory that kind of centers around the way dragons are said to look, okay? Mm -hmm. So a Chinese scholar by the name of Wang Fu from the Han Dynasty apparently described dragons as looking like this, quote, the dragon's horns resemble those of a stag, his head that of a camel, his eyes those of a demon, and (laughs) in some places I also read shrimp, that's different... Uh, (laughs) his neck, that of a snake, his belly, that of a clam, his scales, those of Mm -hmm. a carp, his claws, those of an eagle, his soles, those of a tiger, and his ears, those of a cow. There's a whole bunch of really cute animals, minus the demon.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: (laughs) But those are nine very different traits, right? Yeah. Yeah, if you count those, it's nine. Well, it's said that a legendary emperor named Huang Di waged war on nine tribes surrounding his village and he beat uh, all of them so he then incorporated their totems their like village totems into the, his own dragon totem and that's where uh, it,
2: very the interesting. appearance of
1: the, the dragon that's the huh. first
2: huh. emperor I think if it's sure yeah
1: he's the yellow emperor I think
2: oh uh, uh, yeah that's the guy who made China
1: that's yeah, the guy who made China Alex you hear that
0: yeah some made dragons apparently
1: yeah he came up yeah. with dragons so <laughs> speaking of emperors you guys Dragons are also obviously closely tied to Chinese emperors. Surprise, surprise there. You know, the ruler and the dragons being on the same level and everything. Both very important. And in some cases, the emperors were said to be incarnations of powerful dragons, or they were the sons of dragons. Mm-hmm. And to tie the, <laughs> tie the two together, emperors would often wear fancy silk robes with beautifully embroidered dragons on them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And only, like, the top brass could wear dragons. Like, sometimes the emperor would be like, okay, if, James, you were one of his little... Uh, Prefix? Yeah, he might say, James, you can wear a dragon on your shirt.
0: Yeah. So if I wanted to wear a dragon, i have to, like, wear, like, a dragon underwear so no one would see it.
1: N- no, if they found your <laughs> underwear, you would be... You'd be knocked out, man. Yeah, only only the emperors, his wife could sometimes wear them. And then sometimes people who were visiting town to visit him, they'd be like, okay, fine, you can wear a dragon today. Wow. But, yeah, you have to be... <laughs> Special to wear a dragon. And another little fun fact on the emperor's dragon garb, the dragon had five claws instead of the lesser four clawed dragons.
0: Uh, Take that. Four claws. Yeah,
1: you'd be a little extra. And James, did you have anything that you wanted to say about the five claws?
2: Uh, You know, interestingly enough, um, there's a little joke about how uh, as the dragon migrated south, it, it lost a claw. And the reason for that is in Japan, Four claws are much more common and sometimes three. And in Korea, it's three or sometimes two claws. So that's uh, one of the very few artistic differences between Korean, Japanese, and Chinese dragons is the number of claws.
0: So by the time it makes it to Antarctica, it's just got nubs. Nubs. Yeah. (laughs) Nubby (laughs) dragon.
1: I, uh, for some reason, when I heard that in China, like the, the fancy dragons had five claws. For some reason, I liken them more to being like more human like in my mind because it's like they've got that additional. I think that's a,
2: that's a good observation. I think that uh, that's very likely. You know, it gives them more human like traits.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, speaking of dragon outfits, you guys, there's another pretty notable dragon smock that I'm pretty sure everyone has seen. It's more of a costume. But I'm talking about the long paper cloth snake-like dragons that people carry and dance with during the festivals. The one that Alex was just mm. pretending to dance as if he was the head of the dragon earlier. Yeah, the
0: one where you were spitting water out of it earlier.
1: Yeah, I wish I wish you guys uh. could see this. It's like it is a sight to behold. Alex <laughs> dancing like a dragon head. <laughs> but do you guys know how the dancing dragons came to be?
2: Uh, no. No.
1: Oh well, you guys buckle up. You know, it's it interesting. Okay, so when they first splashed onto the scene, they were actually used by farmers. And farmers would dance through the town in a little ritual to ask for rain, especially if they felt like a drought was starting to come on. But these dances, mm-hmm. people in the parade would also sometimes splash onlookers with water in the face and yep. yell, Here comes the rain! <laughs> and I just imagine. I, if we went to a festival like this and they did that, our daughter would be over the moon. She'd be so happy if they splashed her with water. Aww. But over time, these dragon dances just kind of became the norm at festivals, especially celebrating the Lunar New Year, mm. which is where I feel like most people have probably seen this. And mm. this, is, this is kind of off topic, but similar, and I, I just really like it. But I also read that sometimes people would hang paintings of dragons outside their homes if they needed rain. I don't know, I just really like that little that little image in my head. somebody putting like a little painting of a dragon Ooh. on the front door. I, don't yeah. know if I like it <laughs> makes me happy. but according to ChinaHighlights.com, dot com in Chinese mythology, uh what I'm assuming is the main dragon, so like the king dragon at the very top of the chain, he had nine sons, and each dragon son is associated with a different thing Ooh. so uh, they're often used in certain types of architecture, like you're going to see one dragon on this type of building and this other dragon on another type of building. Huh. So I thought that was interesting. So I'm going to try and name the nine types of dragons. Oh, and this you guys be wonderful. Yeah, you guys know how I am with pronunciation, so this should be fun. Okay. And I practice these. I practice these a lot before we started recording. <laughs> <laughs> but now that the microphone's on, and I'm like looking at it, I'm starting to get nervous. My palms are getting did, sweaty.
0: Did you put them phonetically so you could read them? I tried.
1: All right, so here we go. Okay, so first we have Bishi, often found on graves and monuments. Oh. But he apparently likes carrying heavy objects. Mm. So, yeah, he's very helpful. We've got Chiyo Niu, a yellow scaly dragon who excels in music. Oh. I picture him playing the violin for some reason. <laughs> uh, next we have Yajir, who's got a snake belly. Ugh. Likes to fight. Oh. Stay away from him.
2: (laughs) It feels like a show, a kid's show or something. (laughs) Okay.
1: We've got Chow Fang, an adventurous dragon that can often be spotted decorating palace roof ridges. So he would have been seen on, like, the royal palace. We've got (laughs) Pulao, who is just known for crying loudly. (laughs) (laughs)
0: He's associated with
1: bells. Wow. But I picture if I were a dragon, that'd be me. I'd be (laughs) Pulau. We've got Chi-Wen, who lives in the sea and enjoys, quote, devouring creatures. So, in my mind, that means he likes to eat scrimps.
0: Scrimps. Mm, Scrimps.
1: (laughs) We've got Bian, who... Protects jails and enjoys lawsuits. Oh. Uh, you know, before before we started recording this.
0: BN, attorney at law. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, before we started recording this, I thought to myself, I don't know which one of these dragons I would characterize as Alex. But earlier, Alex, you said that you would sue anybody who tried to steal your UV... Uh, My UV your, <laughs> your
0: necklace idea? UV necklace <laughs> wow. So Alex
1: is BN. So... Uh, there's also Swanee, whom I believe would be James if he were a dragon. He he delights in sitting cross-legged and smelling incense. <laughs> 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 oh, wow! Well. Uh, yeah, and last but not least, we've got Fushi, who it didn't really have much about him. It just said he's on stone tablets a lot. So
0: uh, Fushi, hmm.
1: I know that I said that I couldn't f- figure out who Alex was. He's now BN, but I'm going to use just use this to segue into my. Last topic of discussion here, mm-hmm. and that is on the Chinese Zodiac dragon. Because okay. you guys, James and I are sitting within the presence of a dragon right now. Alex is Kneel. actually, he is <laughs> actually a dragon.
0: Yes. Kneel before me.
1: Don't do it. Yeah. but
0: <laughs> I'll sue you if you don't. He <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, no was born in a dragon year, which is very sought after a year to have babies. I remember when I was working in news um, oh. there was, there was a dragon year when I was working in news and it's like, there was a huge baby boom. Everybody was like, Oh, everybody's trying to have their babies right now. Everyone's getting pregnant right now in China Weird. so that they can mm. have little dragon babies. Mm. But that's not my favorite story that came out of China. We had another story that we recorded. I need to find this video. James is hilarious, but <laughs> they had this little festival where they would just scare the div- living daylights out of their children. And they would like, the parents would dress up as mm. ghosts. And spirits oh i know what
2: and, you're talking about yeah, yeah yeah uh oni festival yeah yeah yeah, yeah that's it yeah yeah, no. yeah, oh man
1: they we would show that video every year when the oni festival would happen when the festival would happen and we would get so many emails from people who were so <laughs> mad because it's just basically children crying and screaming as like somebody comes yeah. out at them yeah people it's would-
2: literally a way of scaring kids into being good all year it's way more scary than you won't get presence this year. It's yeah. like the demon is here. He's going to take you away. Why are you? Why do you have B pluses? You can bring it up.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, exactly.
2: Oh, man.
1: Oh, we got so many angry phone calls from viewers of our, our show. would be like, why are you showing this? Those children are scarred for life. But we would just sit there as producers with our, you know, cynical worldviews and just laugh. But anyway, <laughs> okay. Oh. So, yeah, back to the, the Chinese Dragon Zodiac uh, people born under that sign are supposedly more intelligent, confident, powerful, and successful. Alex, any truth to that?
0: Uh, I'm definitely at least one of those things.
1: Yeah, at least one of those things. <laughs> Alex-
0: is, is, there, is tired all the time, one of them?
1: <laughs> Alex is technically an earth dragon, said to be specifically smart, ambitious, and hardworking. per ChineseHighlights.com, which I do think is accurate.
0: Oh, thanks. Yeah, you're hardworking. No. And- Wait, what about the other ones? <laughs> well,
1: it says it says that dragons get along best with rats,
0: okay,
1: like James' oh, your dirty weird. wood yeah. rat, yeah, yep. and snakes like me. So, Alex, wow. it just makes sense. This podcast was destined for greatness because of
0: wow,
1: I know. But James, it says that wood rats are supposedly independent, self-confident, virtuous, and talented. Hmm, I agree.
0: That's James,
1: and. By the way, 2020 is a rat year, so take without what you will. Mm. (laughs) (sighs) Okay, and then as for earth snakes like myself, I'm said to be so it's said about me, you guys. I'm calm with strong self control, Mm. but not steadfast and diligent enough in work rude. Oh, mm. wow. You
2: know, well, I yeah. thought they were all going to be positive. I wouldn't expect a, a negative yeah. turn there.
1: Same with me, James. I was looking for I was like, oh, let me see what nice things it has to say about me. And then it says that, mm-hmm. and I'm just like...
0: Well, you're a snake, so oh, uh, they did their best, I guess.
1: Snakes terrify me. <laughs> anyway. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're
2: scared of snakes. I forgot I'm about that.
1: terrified of snakes. Yeah,
2: one time we I took Cece to the reptile festival and she was visibly uncomfortable the whole time.
1: That's because there were snakes everywhere.
2: Yeah. (laughs) At the reptile festival? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. No, when I was little. Have I told a story about when we went to go visit my old childhood house? Yes,
0: I think you have. On the show?
1: Yeah. Yeah. We went to go visit my childhood house, and Alex didn't believe me that there were tons of snakes that lived there, and we used to run into them all the time when I was little, which is why I'm terrified of them. And then we took one step in the backyard. And as soon as we stepped off
0: the
1: the porch into the grass.
0: The grass just starts moving. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's so many snakes back here.
1: Yep. So it makes sense, you guys. Anyways, you guys, that is the dragon in Eastern culture.
0: James, Mm -hmm. you're on cleanup duty.
1: Yeah, James, you need to (laughs) fill in all the gaps for us.
2: Yeah. And you know, it's so funny. When this was first requested, I was excited, but I thought this is a one-time episode I don't know. I think that this is one of those things where we're going to have to have a sequel at some point because there's just so much to cover. Like we've covered Eastern, we've covered Western, but we haven't covered like South American. We haven't covered Mesopotamian. There's like a lot of, of important things to think about with regard to dragons. Um, But I really just wanted to cover a few uh, anecdotes regarding dragons in mythology that I think are pertinent. Um, First of all, as Alex was talking about earlier, he was mentioning Jormungandr and uh, Fafnir. And both of those stories involve a hero, often a god or a warrior, slaying a dragon. And likewise, he mentioned um, uh, the the dragon from Beowulf. Similarly, that, that's another example of a hero slaying a dragon. And in the case of Beowulf and uh, Jormungandr... It's the death of the hero slash god. And this is a really common theme. Uh, There's a huge, huge common theme between heroes slaying dragons symbolically. It's very important. And it's not just limited to the West, like you might think because of the whole Satan Association. Not only that, but all the myths that we have actually gone over with the exception of uh, pop culture, like, you know, uh, Smaug, really – Really, these are pre-Christian myths. So it's interesting that it's taken on the mantle of Satan in uh, Western civilization, but really it has the inherent element of chaos itself uh, in, in a pre-Christian setting. It's not. It, it's something that's sort of evolved alongside of, of post-Christian myth, but if you look at the pre-Christian myths, they're very similar. Indra slayed Vritra in the uh, Rig Veda, that's really old. Like, I don't even know how old, Old. like probably 4,000 years minimum. Hmm. Uh, Thor fights Jormungandr, as we already mentioned. Zeus battles Typhon. And even if you go into Eastern civilization, where, where dragons have a more positive association, uh, here's the story. Anybody who's ever played Okami kind of sort of knows it. Uh, Susanna-o. The, one of the three main gods in Shintoism, the god of uh, storms, who's mischievous as well, um, he meets a man who has uh, eight daughters, and he's afraid because the Orochi, this multiple-headed dragon like a hydra, again, there's, the, uh-huh. there's a huge parallel between east and west. Um, going all the way back to sort of the pre-East and West, uh, both Vedic and Mesopotamian cultures. But in, in Japanese culture, in this instance, Orochi has multiple heads, and he's going to eat all eight of this man's daughters. So Susana o being a hero god, like all these other stories, Alex, are you wheezing?
0: No, no Lou- Lu- Lu- Louise, who we decided to, keep <laughs> out, oh. decided to keep out, was having a okay. dream. In her eyes were okay. right, rolling back in her head. I was like, like shaking. I thought I
2: thought you were having an asthma attack there. Okay. <laughs> um anyway, uh, Orochi is going to eat this man's daughters and Susanna being a a hero god character, um in other words, someone who represents order against chaos. The dragon is inherently chaos, it's inherently primordial. Um, he uh what he does is he puts these little Bowls of sake outside of each of these daughters' windows, and when the Orochi shows up, he drinks the sake and then abducts one of the daughters, and he just does this until he gets to the last cup of sake. He gets too hammered, Susanna so O takes the kusanagi sword, the grass cutter sword, which is one of the three relics of Japanese royalty—the the jewel, the sword, and the mirror—and lops off Orochi's heads, thus. Saving the last daughter, and I guess the the guy whose daughters they were, he was so grateful, even though he lost seven out of eight, he uh, had Susanna, let Susanna O marry her. So
1: Ooh, I've heard that yeah. before.
2: Yeah, it's a it's a really well known uh, story in Japan, and and I think it exemplifies that link between East and West really well. Because really, I mean, if you use your imaginations, if you change Orochi to Hydra, and you change mm-hmm. Susanna O to Hercules. And you change uh, sake to wine, it's really not that different a story right. uh, from the Greek. The, the exception is that in this case, Hercules didn't make uh, the hydra inebriated, but it's, it doesn't really feel culturally different. And right. that's, I think, the most interesting thing of all about dragons is it's a mythological creature. And sure, there's a lot of overlap between mythological creatures around the world. But in the case of dragons... There's something universal about them everywhere, firstly being that they represent chaos. They're agents of chaos. They, uh, they even seem to represent natural elements. We've talked about how they re- tend to represent earth and fire and air and water uh, and, and gold, uh, which is an element in the East, and they're associated with, with greed in the West as such. I, I find that interesting, too. Dragons yeah. can be representative of gold and wealth in the East, where it's a positive connotation with regard to resources, whereas in the West, it represents the negative association of being fixated on resources. a dragon hoards gold. So the the similarities, and uh, it's really staggering. It's one of those things where we could literally talk about it for for hours and just scratch the surface. Another fun uh, example of dragons in uh, Eastern culture that I I find funny, uh, it, it goes hand in hand with In a lot of religions, the belief structure that uh, a day in heaven or a day in the realm of the gods is like years and years, if not centuries, if not millennia on earth. Uh, There's kind of a Chinese, Japanese, well, it's originated in China, but you you find it in a lot of other Eastern cultures, uh, variations of it. But it's kind of like the Rip Van Winkle of, of the East, where you've got this fisherman and he goes out fishing and he catches a fish, and the fish talks, and it begs him not to uh, kill them. So he believes it because, you know, it's a flipping-talking fish, and he spares its life. Well, what it ends up doing is it, it takes him down to the kingdom of the uh, uh, the Sea King, and the Sea I've King is a dragon. Story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See? Uh, again, it's one of those things that's bled through into pop culture at this point, um, or modern culture, or whatever you want to call it. And so he goes to this underwater palace and, you know, there's there's creatures similar to mermaids and there's chariots. It's very Atlantean. It's very Little Mermaid-like. And you've got this dragon king on his throne and he spends all this wonderful time eating and and, and partying, basically, with all these undersea creatures. And he comes back and his wife is an old lady and his kids mm-hmm. are middle-aged. And, and, you know, the whole world has moved past when he was only down there for like you know, an evening because time moved differently in the water King's palace. Mm -hmm. So even when it comes to, I mean, we talked about how it represents different elements in terms of like material, but there's a temporal component with dragons too. Mm. And there's one last thing I kind of wanted to cover because I, I thought this was one of those ones that nobody would have found out about. I almost wrote an article about this several years ago, actually, actually, Uh, Well, it was part of an article, and it's the weirdest thing you could ever associate with dragons. I still don't entirely understand. Well, as you guys probably know, Taoism incorporates a lot of alchemy, and alchemy in the East and the West, dragons are symbols of kind of like both chaos and perfection because they – it's like we talked about earlier. They sort of represent all the elements, right? Well – Taoists practice alchemy, and I can't help but wonder if maybe there's a connection there with that, because one of the goals in Taoism is to cultivate immortality. And so you have these stories in China, even now, uh, of people who live out in the mountains and practice Taoism and have cultivated immortality, like people who are, you know, 400, 500 years old, Hmm. these old men who practice Taoism. Well, there's this weird, 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 weird myth (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in china where these old men one of the one of the important things about alchemy internal alchemy uh, is not using up your male vital essence i'm not going to oh. elaborate too much on on what that <laughs> means but it, common sense should tell you what that means yeah. not not uh, using up certain fluids anyway we get it
0: we get yeah. it
2: well something about these men who've spent decades and decades and decades cultivating immortality and holding on to that essence is very attractive to dragons. So, huh. you have these stories. It's kind of like you have the the Bigfoot stories of, you know, Bigfoot stole my turkey dinner when I was camping. Uh <laughs> a common story from old men in China in the medieval period was I got taken uh, a, 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 mistreated, uh, yeah, I got mistreated by a dragon, if you catch my drift.
1: Oh my gosh, James. Yeah,
2: yeah, like, it's one of those weird, like, opposite things where it's like, you know, ha- it, it's it's bizarre because it's one of those things where you associate that kind of behavior with lecherous old men and young women, and in this case, it's like the opposite. <laughs> it's like Master Roshi has to be careful walking at night.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh, James. <clears throat> Yeah, and can I ask you where you found this story?
2: I don't even remember because this was years ago. But I was like, this needs to be an article.
1: <laughs> James, oh my gosh,
2: I, I have no yeah, words. I didn't really watch my language there. Yeah, yeah.
1: well, James, I'm, t-
0: I'm typing dragons taking advantage <laughs> of old men, Yeah, <laughs> old oh, man.
1: James, yeah? I have a question. Do you? Okay. Is there? Do you have any idea where we? St- Oh, Eastern. (laughs) Where Eastern (laughs) and Western dragons, like, met.
2: You mean why there's an overlap?
1: Yeah, like, why is there that overlap? Okay,
2: there's two reasons why there's an overlap. One, um, there are cultures that predate Eastern and Western. And I can think of no greater example than the story of Ritra. Ritra, uh, uh, this is another interesting thing, actually. See, Thor fought Jormungandr, as we mentioned. Zeus Mm -hmm. fought Typhon. Mm -hmm. Susanna-O fought Orochi. Those all three represent storms, right? Yes. Yeah. Zeus, storms. Thor, storms. Susanna-O, storms. Well, before all those stories, you've got Indra, the god of, the, of thunder and lightning, the Asura, and he fought Vritra in the Rig Veda. So that predates, that's, that's the basis of the Indo-European dragon, but it's probably also a precursor to the Eastern dragon, too. Additionally, there's also the Asisuno in um, uh, Mesopotamian culture. And again, that's another thing that would predate the the rift between East and West. Hmm. So dragons are... The reason why there's overlap is because, one, there's a universal subconscious aspect of dragons representing chaos. And secondly, dragons are older than the dispersal of human culture.
1: Hmm. Interesting, James.
0: Mm. Interesting. I like that mm. the West is a uh, glass half empty and the East is a glass half full. <laughs>
1: <laughs> True. It's a good way to describe the differences. Yeah.
2: Well, it's a good way of looking at their views of chaos too, because if you think about it, the Eastern view of chaos is sort of like, well, it's even if it results in something bad now, wait a while and chaos will give rise to something good. Whereas in the West chaos is inherently bad and needs to be tamed and domesticated.
1: I have one last question. Okay. So, you know, Hydra. We're talking about Hydra being a dragon, but they mm. say if you cut off one head, two two will grow back. Where did right. that come Dude, from? Shut the gate. Please.
2: That's a <laughs> that's a more uniquely Greek thing, and there's a lot of weird Greek things involving decapitation, like uh, Pegasus. You guys probably don't know this. Perseus, when he cut off uh, Medusa's head, one of the three Gorgon sisters. Yeah. Uh, that's where Pegasus came from. Plopped right out of the neck. So yeah, there's a lot of that. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Pegasus was born from Medusa's neck, and the Hydra uh, regenerated every time you cut its head off. Hydra was also an interesting thing because we even know where it came from. Echidna and what's what's their face? Uh, who was that? They basically had all the monsters. Echidna and someone else. They they had a lot of kids together. They were both ugly as sin, and they they produced all the monsters, including the Hydra.
1: Interesting. Okay, well, I think
2: it was Typhon, actually, who, who Zeus fought, which so, we talked about earlier.
1: So Hydra was a, a dragon's son. Yeah. Well, that mm-hmm. makes sense. I mean, I get it.
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I did look it up to make sure it was Typhon. Yeah, Echidna well, and Typhon. Half Mormon, half snake Echidna. And Typhon, who's just scary as all get out and dragon-like, they, they had a bunch of kids.
0: Yeah. I, I didn't realize uh, until I was doing my research that Python... Is actually.
2: Oh, Greek. right. I yep. Know Python is a great monster. Yeah, they had. Oh, actually, let's list it off just because we'll probably won't ever cover this in an episode. Okay, so they had Cerberus. They had the Hydra. They had the Chimera. They had the Sphinx. The Nemean lion. That's another one that Hercules slayed. The Caucasian eagle. The Ladon. The Chromionian sow, which is a big scary pig. Medusa and her other sisters, the Gorgons, Scylla from the Odyssey, the Colchian Dragon, and oh. Orthrus. So they had a lot of flipping monster babies. Wow.
1: Those are a lot of monster babies. And they're all
2: yeah. cute. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> a little scared monster babies. Oh well, you guys, that's that's dragons. I think that's all we yeah. have for right now, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Man, that was that was eye opening. That was a really fun episode, you guys.
0: Yeah, I learned Agreed. a lot.
1: Yeah. Well, we're going to draw from the vase in just a second. Before we do that, I just want to remind everyone that James made a wonderful website for us, 13thfloorpodcast.com. That's the number one, the number three TH Floor Podcast. So if you have any topics that you want to hear us talk about, definitely send them to us. Reach out on that website. You can also reach out to us on Instagram at 13thfloorpodcast. And I just want to give a shout out to some of our listeners from around the world, you guys. So this week we're giving a shout out to all of our listeners in Kenya because we've got we've got quite a few downloads in Kenya, which I thought was really cool. And then we also, you guys, right now, Indiana and Ohio are battling it out to be one of our top downloaded (laughs) states. If you are in Ohio or you are in Indiana, number one, thank you for listening. Number two, this is what I want you to do this week, okay? (laughs) I want you to tell three people you know to listen to the podcast. And next episode, we'll see which one of the uh, which one of the states came out on top.
0: Yeah, it's not negotiable. Yeah. You tell them that, and if they say, "Well, I don't know," you go, "I'll sue you."
1: Yeah, you <laughs> uh, pull a pull a BM dragon. That's right. Lawsuit out of your hat,
0: mm. and
1: yeah, just tell you know tell all your friends, you guys, if you enjoy this podcast, which we hope you do, if you're listening to it. I mean, I hope hope you're not listening to this and you don't like it, but if you enjoy this podcast. <laughs> Tell your friends about it. Tell your family about it. Take their phone from their hand and download the podcast onto their phone. And then watch them as they listen to it and get their feedback. (laughs) So, you guys, yeah, it's time to draw from the vase. Alex?
0: The vase. Let me shake it. it.
1: And thank you to everybody who submitted topics. We got about 17 topics this week. All right. What are we talking about next week? Boo.
0: Oh, Philadelphia Experiment. Yeah,
1: this was actually submitted Ooh. to us very recently. Philadelphia Experiment, this was submitted to us by Slavic. So thank you so much for reaching out and submitting this topic to us. Next week, we're going to talk about some, some odd stuff.
0: Yeah. <laughs> very exciting.
1: All right, you guys. Well, that's the episode.
0: All right. I Our- Alex- did it.
1: Who does our music?
0: Our music is by Grant Cook. You can find his music on Spotify, Amazon Music, iTunes, anywhere you listen to music.
1: So until next time, you guys, we hope that you can (laughs) keep it
2: straight. There were two tigers knocking my trash cans over. Um.